two friends of mine were getting married. They just made their vows and the minister held their hands aloft to present them united to the congregation. And he was about to read these words from Matthew 19 as the prayer book stipulates, what God hath joined together, let no man put asunder. But before he said those words, he glared at the assembled friends and family. And he offered his own translation of the verse, holding their hands aloft. He said to the congregation, do not mess with this. God has joined them together. Let no one come between them. It was a stern reminder about the seriousness of the marriage union. I wonder what advice you have heard concerning a healthy marriage. People speak of the things that lead to a healthy marriage. Trust, a sense of humor, keeping the passion alive, never going to bed angry, never trying to change the other person. While some advice seems to be geared at letting the partners live out separate existences, at least most modern marriage counsel still recognizes that the vital importance is to maintain oneness. And so advice abounds on how to create such oneness. Couples are counseled on the importance of communication, a good sex life, conflict resolution, quality time, and on it goes. No doubt these things can be very helpful. But our verse for today declares that something decisive has already happened to a married couple. God has joined them together. That's what Jesus says in Matthew 19 verse 6. God has united the married couple. The union is not primarily in the couple's hands. The union is in God's hands. The quality of union does not depend on the partners. It's not down to their compatibility, their communication, their commitment. It's not about their ability to unite themselves. It's foundationally about God's ability to unite them. And he is very good at uniting them. In fact, he has done it. He has united the married couple. What God has joined together, let no one separate. At the most fundamental level, this oneness is not a future hope, but a present gift. When two become one flesh, it's not primarily a human union, which God then blesses. Instead, the human union is an enjoyment of the prior fact of what God hath joined together. In 1943, Dietrich Bonhoeffer was both engaged and imprisoned. Uh, he wrote a wedding sermon uh, at this point for his niece, in which he declared fascinating words. He said, it is not your love that sustains the marriage, but from now on the marriage that sustains your love. The experience of oneness, love, does not affect the oneness, does not bring it into being. To think that our love creates the union is too great a burden to put on anyone's love. Instead, the fact of oneness, marriage, sustains and encourages the experience of oneness, love. So if you're married, or if you're contemplating marriage, before you read another paperback on 17 tips for a healthy mar marriage, Look full in the face of your spouse and know as surely as that ring is on your finger, you are one with this person at the very deepest level. Like a head to a body, a body to a head, you are joined. Your spouse might not be totally for your union and you might not be totally for your union, but God, he's not just for it. He has established it 
and let no one, not even yourself, put it asunder. Reflect deeply on the fact of your oneness and see if it does not affect the experience of your oneness. But more than this, here's the truth I want to leave you with. Whether you're married or not, this verse is a great comfort because marriage proclaims our union with Jesus. Therefore, this phrase also teaches us about our Christian lives. You see, God has joined me to Christ. Think about that. God hath joined me to Christ. My union with Jesus is God's achievement. I do not make it happen. I just enjoy it. And I enjoy it all the more as I recognize the sheer fact of it. Just as with marriage books, there are a million paperbacks promising to put the romance back in your Christian walk. There are tips and techniques, there's advice, some of it sensible, some of it plain ridiculous. But what do we need first? First we need a conviction regarding the strength of the union. God has joined me to Christ. So in the same way that that I looked at my spouse while feeling my wedding ring, so I look full in the face of Jesus and call to mind my baptism. And I know that I am one with him like a body to a head. The union is not as strong as my human feelings or faithfulness. Thank God that this union is not as strong as my own faithfulness. It's as strong as God's own divine faithfulness in joining me to his son. Therefore, let no one put it asunder. Let the fact of your union shape your experience of that union. And realize, to paraphrase Bonhoeffer, it is not your love that sustains your covenant union with Jesus. But from now on, let your covenant union with Jesus sustain your love. Mm